One, two. Check, check, check. Oh. Why did you Pizza? wrap it in a, an actual real pizza? You're like, shut up. Son of a bitch. Yeah, I don't oh like this cauliflower. Cauliflower sucks. I don't like it. Oh, man. Um, hey, guys. It's another episode of Unscripted. Uh, so, as Cody would say, what do you want to talk about? Uh, you want to talk about some fantasy booking at the head of the table? The Rockies pushed that out on Monday. That was interesting. It was, it's Dave, only- is there live, actually? Don't, uh, don't downplay it, Dave. Was there live in the yeah. arena? What was I, the, from the, your live point of view of the, the Rockies? Oh, no, 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 no. Don't, don't play. I wish I was live. No, I was not live. Oh, I thought you I, went. No, I, I, I was trying to pull a, a Joe and be really smart about it, and I'm going to buy tickets at the last minute and then go. Um I don't know. I don't know what it is if it's WWE or if it's because the product's getting better. The prices did not drop whatsoever, even Probably on that on the third party sites. The third party sites got so high that Ticketmaster had to drop, and we're not selling those. Like you're ridiculous. Um, the That's tickets awesome. got as high as like I want to say four or five hundred for like almost nosebleeds at the by the time by the by the Get time out. the start. Oh, oh, thank you. San Diego Sports Arena. Yolo, buddy. Yolo. And I was like. Well, it's like it's it feels like someone leaked something like they knew it was going to be the Rocker. So, I mean, I know they did say there's going to be a former world champion and maybe everybody just bet on the fact that it was going to be the Rock, which we could talk about the temporary swerve also in a minute. But the tickets did not. They did not even come remotely come close to like cutting in half like they would at the AEW event that Joe went to when they had trouble, you know, selling the gate out. It was a completely different experience. And I'm like, I'm not paying that much money. I don't care if I'm right down the street. And I also wasn't sure if The Rock was going to be there, so I, I didn't, I didn't, didn't do it. I didn't pull the trigger because it would have, it would have literally cost over a thousand dollars to take my family to Raw. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, you know. Little, but the tickets that were left. So sorry, I didn't mean to be confusing on that. I, I, but I, I had every intention of trying to go if it made sense financially. But I was like, it just got higher. It didn't get lower whatsoever. It was. No. But uh, yeah, um, but I will tell you because I, I watched I watched the playback on Hulu and I watched um, I watched the stuff on Insta and that pop was it's legit. I mean it's it's insane from when he came out to when he he mouthed off to Jinder. I know that kind of some people say that went lagged a little bit, but I thought the whole thing was great. I, I could tell Jinder was having a blast getting just you know ripped up by the Rock. How, it's kind of a privilege, right? You know, it's kind of cool. And then, you know, getting getting the people's elbow at the end. And then at the very end of that, he says, uh, Rock's feeling a little hungry. Rock needs to go to get something to eat. Should he, you know, where should he go? And eventually says, should I go to the head of the table? And the crowd loses their freaking minds. Everything we thought it was going to be, what, over a year ago for, for SoFi, right? Which they just said didn't work out. There was either conflicts of money or conflicts of time frame. I don't know. Um, but it sounds like it's going to happen just a year delay. Thoughts? I don't know what they do. There's rumors that he's going to do elimination chamber in Australia. Right. Uh, right. I don't. Maybe. I don't know. Like I don't know if, if it would definitely sell out that stadium to see Rock and Roman. But would, is it the right thing to do? 
I think it's going to sell. It'll sell know. anyway. We'll talk. I mean, about I it feel like Rock and Roman has to be. They can't. They can't. I mean, again, Elimination Chamber is not a B pay per view, but it's a B pay per view. Right. You know, like can't waste why would, that. Why like, would you waste it there? Kind of thing, right? Is what you're saying. And I think they go. I think they go back to the what everybody thought it was going to be. It's like, like Cody fights somebody. Cody's going to fight somebody on night one, and like that. That's going to determine. Like maybe there's like a there's you know, uh, there's an issue with, like, the Royal Rumble, two people win, whatever, you know, and, like, and so, like, night one, two people square off to find out who faces Roman on night two, and then Roman fights Rock on night one, beats beats Rock on night one to solidify his whatever, and then drops the title to Cody on night two. Yeah, I mean, if, if that plays out, Joe, you'd be super-duper smart if that plays out all the way into into April. That's... I remember right, those were the that was the rumor last year that they were going to do a two night play in to the main event on night two and it never right. materialized because I didn't know until he, Rock recently spoke that I was they were talking to me about last year in LA and I I just couldn't make it work so right. maybe like maybe they're just going to redo what they were going to do last year if there's one thing that Triple H is really into it's long term storylines but he knows how to cut in when he has to and insert something like so they could just pick up where they left off because really like with Cody losing, they kind of put everything on pause and anything that happened in the middle of the year would have happened regardless of whether Cody won or lost at last year's mm-hmm. WrestleMania. He would have done the same thing. He would have just defended the title against Brock. He would have just, you know what I mean? Like it would have all been the same. Like I don't think either one of them, Roman or Cody, because Roman hasn't been doing anything of any significance, which is what makes me think that like for some reason, maybe Cody was supposed to win last year, but like it was paused because they're like, well, but if we get the rock next year, like what? And we yeah. we end the, we end the title streak now. Like there's really, you know, I mean, Rock versus Roman would sell out no matter what. Like whether yeah. Roman loses the belts or not. I, but I mean, like, I feel like they they were very they've been very liquid with a lot of this, and they're yeah. just kind of on audibles when they have to. But that's actually I'm a pretty playing. interesting point that like the, that whether or not. Cody would have won. They probably just booked him this, essentially the same way. They go against Brock and yeah. whatever, blah blah blah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe they just they're just like, eh, let's Makes push it. Sense. I mean, I think in the grand scheme of things, hey, I think we talked the... about enough on this podcast about it that uh, that I think it was the you know I think at least uh, I think it's the right decision that they pushed it anyways, like that they didn't give Cody the title, but. It's been working. I mean, for sure, Joe. Uh, going back to the the timeline, the first thing I thought because I, I have another thread that a bunch of wrestling fans that are mainly AEW base, but they they said like, well, how is Rock gonna? You know, he's he's definitely wrestling. I made it. So Ari, I don't. Timeline gonna work? He's to not mess around. <laughs> Quit messing around. But what I would say is, I, my first thought was, well, how's that time frame gonna work? It's so far out with the Rock's hectic movie schedule and having to account for hundreds of people you know how john cena says well i can't wrestle anymore because there are hundreds of people that account for me not being hurt and getting onto a movie set so i'm like well how is that going to work for the rock now this is pure speculation but we my wife and i actually did a little digging this week and said well yeah well what is he doing and you know what comes out like in like 2025 is the moana animated series so what's a good chance that he's not going to be doing anything physical during this time frame, and he's just recording Moana voice work. for voice work for the series, and that's why he's able to make it work now 
versus a year ago. Because when you think about it, Craig, I mean, you know about this stuff. Four, four months is a lot of time to do a lot of stuff if you are a super movie star like The Rock is. And I'm just like, how are you going to make that work? And the only thing I can think of is he's going to be behind a booth for a while where he doesn't worry about anything physically. He doesn't worry about getting his face beat in. He doesn't worry about hurting a leg or an ankle if he's just going to go in and do voice work. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way or have you thought about that? Or No, I, I'm just surprised because once the, the strike is over, everything that was on hold should have been like moving fast. So right. if there was anything in the hopper, he should be doing it right now. So either he has stopped his schedule or he does the run. He's in a bit of a funk and doesn't have like Fast and Furious 10 or something where he's going to make 20 million ready to go. So and maybe this is just he's taking a little break. I don't know because he was a, a bit overexposed. There's actually there there is like a fast ten that that it's going to like pronounce him and one of the other major. It's not it's not uh, Vin, but somebody else that's supposed to pronounce him. I guess a duo for like you know like they did with um uh with the martial arts gosh, uh, Jason Statham. Um, they did that. There's he's he's scheduled to do that too, but that's that's been pushed. It seems like to your point. So there there is a fast ten that that's just him and a, and a duo set. Not ever not the family. So to speak, that's also mm-hmm. on the schedule. That's an interesting oh, point, though, Craig, is that maybe like, I mean, I feel like he maybe he is taking a break just so he doesn't get oversaturated. There was a point where he was oversaturated. It was like, every, you know, he was at events. He yeah. was doing this. Every other every other kind of like straight, to, nearly straight to DVD uh, style movie that came out was his. Yeah. I mean, like, he doesn't really like produce anything that was worthwhile in yeah. a long time. I mean, Black Adam did not do right. well. I got um, like flopped for all intents and purposes, you know. Like Hobbs and Shaw was okay. Did you say it wasn't terrible for what it was? You like that red notice. Right. Right. Red notice was good, but I thought, but that was like that was like a straight. That was Netflix. not bad. That that's a Netflix release, yeah. but it's good. It's good. And movie. he he said on the Pat McAfee show or, or game day when he was on he there when he was talking about last year's WrestleMania that couldn't come to an agreement. He was like, we need to do something instead of to finish at WrestleMania. Why can't we do something that starts at WrestleMania? So I don't know what they have planned but i i believe if you believe what the rock is saying the reason why it didn't happen is they couldn't think of something that was worthy of wrestlemania last year so maybe it's the beginning of some other bloodline thing or the family that's kind of how we, just that's kinda how we put it craig you're right he kind of put it that way it wasn't like the money or the timing wasn't necessarily a factor it could have been but he said the biggest thing was the story just wasn't big enough at yeah. the time it's kind of what he was alluding to you're right he did say that I mean, it's not like he needs any money. I mean, I will see. It's for free. You know, I mean, he's worth. I, you know, they what they what do you say like nine hundred million? I don't know how that happened exactly, but like, yeah, he's he's got to be close to billionaire status. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be there. Um, but you know, it, it's all about cementing your legacy at this point. You know, that's what he's trying to do. So he produces we'll stuff too. I think it's a production company. Um, yeah, he'll be all right. Is he did ballers, and he produced he produced ballers too, and he was in ballers as well. Yeah. But he produced and ballers and. Making ice cream cakes with salt and straw. Yeah, it's fine business. Yeah, man, that's fine. Yeah, he'll be all right. Making uh, some, sh- some woo wings and uh, you know, <laughs> some uh, rock energy. He rock. owns woo wings. <laughs> so selling some crypto out there. Let's go. Um, oh God. Some drama coin. <laughs> that's terrible. We're we're not nice. We're not nice people. Uh, shifting gears a little bit, uh, it's been announced that Money in the Bank is going to be in Toronto this year. That is now the fourth pay-per-view for this year that is out of the country. So it's very interesting that 
Um, all of the pay-per-views that look like they're going to be out of country are announced because they need that kind of time to assure they sell out, I think, but also just to get those venues booked and get travel the way they need to associated and probably get everybody's passports figured out and stuff too. Um, so, but that's four out of 12 pay-per-views that are going to be out of country. I, I have a bit of a theory on this. I think this is going to uh, make fans clamor even more for pay-per-views because they're so used. Oh, eventually they'll come to my town. Now you're going to see a different kind of a circuit, right? You're going to see something um, not not so much in your backyard as much as you would think or close to you. And I, I, I saw Monday Night Raw, like I was talking about, I think tickets are just going to get, unfortunately, even higher and out of reach for a lot of people that are just going to be clamoring to buy these. We're not going to see great deals. Um, definitely not in Los Angeles, probably not in San Francisco, Joe, right? I mean, Craig, Craig might get a deal in Tennessee somewhere, possibly, but... But even then, like they they did a great job out there in SummerSlam when they when they went at that at that stadium, they sold a lot of tickets there too. So I just didn't know if you guys, if if why they're going out of country because you know they could sell out there. I just kind of wanted to see your guys' thoughts on that. I think that's the plan. That was the, the plan for even before the sale went public. Even though we all knew it was going, it's been the sale's been going on for a couple of years now. Like them getting their shit in order and all that stuff and. You know, getting mm-hmm. all the people out of there that would make make it look bad, uh, even if he is the creator of the promotion. Uh, he was shit can. Well, now he's back, but I mean, he was shit can for a while too, while things went on. So, um, I think that it, I, I think I might have said it last year. It's the smartest thing they can do for the B pay per views, like oh, get them out of right. the country because they are an inter- international company, and I think maybe they got away from it because you know the pandemic happened. That put pause on everything. Uh, they weren't doing sure. well before the pandemic. They weren't selling buildings out. They weren't doing anything. And then now this whole change has happened. And I think uh, Nikon is pushing it. They're an international company. And I think in order to beat LY, like you need to do things different or wrap the present differently uh, to mm-hmm. appeal to other people. So I think that's a smart thing to do. And it's really the only way because every you know show this year, this past year, 2023, seemed to break the fucking record. Oh, it's the most yeah. biggest gate. It's the biggest this, biggest that. Whatever know, the state they're in, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm having these having these B pay per views in out of country makes the crowd so hot. I mean, yeah, it's like it, it, it makes Toronto's going to be off the chain yeah. for money in the bank. In, instead of doing it okay. one night in like combination chamber in uh, in Indianapolis, like eh, it's, you know whatever. But when it's in Toronto, it's in Puerto Rico, it's in Australia, it's wherever. Like like. They don't get pay-per-view. So, like, that crowd is electric, man. Like, and it, it makes a di- whole different vibe. It, it serves, like, three purposes. It may, It's basically, instead of doing a one night on a Sunday in, as Joe said, Indianapolis, Indiana or whatever, you make it a week-long event with, like, all this, like, months-long build in PR and brand for, like, it's a week-long I mean, interval making as much money as they do for there, WrestleMania. Do there, yeah. So they right. do, they, they're making a WrestleMania, they're making WrestleMania money on every off-month pay-per-view with it being overseas and pushing like the overseas kind of brand and, and PR. It's super, super smart. I think it's you awesome know? for like even like like you know US fans. Like it makes me want to like say I was I was thinking about going to Australia. I'm like, oh Australia would be cool to go to. I'm like, well, why don't I just time it so that I can go to money in the bank in Australia and visit Australia. It's like it's like I remember meeting people that like they uh they're called um eclipse chasers or like or whatever and they follow the there's always an eclipse around the world you know and it's like sometimes it's in indonesia sometimes it's in chile sometimes it's in oregon sometimes it's whatever Interesting. yeah just their vacations every year based on where that's going to be and it takes them to a new location i'm like 
we can do that with wrestling too. It's like, oh yeah, like I've never been to England. I would like to go to Wembley Stadium and watch whatever, and I'll just build my vacation around yeah. the time that WWE is going to be there. You know, uh, Craig, you touched on something very interesting. We called it a week-long event. Um, I was thinking of two things. One, it's also a great opportunity to find talent that you may not be able to see except for on tape. You can see them in person. You could hold tryouts in Australia, hold tryouts in, in Canada. And uh, they, they used to go over the country, and then they would bring people in from everywhere just to get them to see if they were going to be a good NXT fit. And that gives them opportunity to that. But then the other thing you said, I, it just kind of popped in my head. What if <clears> – <throat> these B pay-per-views could be two-nighters. And not just that week-long event you're talking about the whole SmackDown. What if all of a sudden Money in the Bank became a two-night event? I mean, that would be the next big thing to even, to ramp it up even more for that, to try to get, uh, you know, year-over-year increases. They'd do it. I think they're so money-hungry now, and I they're doing being they, successful. I think, they would, sure. I think they would try. Right? Of I think they've ever paid $9 billion. They're looking for an ROI big time. Oof. Wow. Yeah. And um, I don't know how true this is or where it started, but um, there's talk that they're going to cut out uh, house shows totally now because wow. uh, they're not as profitable as everything else. So not without the TV deal, right? Because they're owned by a massive company now, they're also looking forward to be like, okay, when business dips, which everything <clears> does <throat> ebb and flow, um, what would kill us the most? It's always been house shows. Like Bischoff figured that out when he took WCW yeah. and decided to hey, I want to run this company like a TV company because it's owned by a TV company, so why would we not, why would we keep catering and losing money every time we go out the door? But house shows totally. WWE learned that in the pandemic. During the pandemic, they reported their biggest quarterly earnings ever right. because they stopped going out on the road because that's how much All that they were losing because at the time, they weren't selling out in 2018, 19. They were putting like 3,000, 4,000 fans in a house right. show, and that's it. So like they were struggling it's, like then. So they're, it's kind of what did you lose? It's kind of interesting that like like Paulie and Bish, uh, and Eric they they figured it out before Vince did. Vince at one point <clears throat> said he was living off the gate on every event. He was he was floating money gate to gate. That's how bad it was. Well, because in 1995 there was no TV deals. Like it was just right. it was more of like yeah you you okay well you know we'll pay for your advertising and all that stuff here and we'll keep most of the ad revenue and we'll sign you for a contract for five years or whatever. And now it's like a network's like here's a billion dollars. And we want you to stay here for five years. Okay. Like, and yeah, that's crazy. Totally different. Like, that was never like Bischoff kind of didn't understand how to handle that, but he knew that's what WCW's business was. He knew what was, was always like, that was for sure. Yeah. He definitely see the like, where the, where the, where the industry was headed. Yeah. And I think Vince always knew too. I think Vince just knew it's not time to pull a plug in on house shows because revenue is important. So mm -hmm. even if we're not profiting the way we should be having cash flow is the lifeblood of our industry. But now like, Live house shows, even if it's profitable, has got to be way down the list as far as like their top revenues that they protect and care about. Oh, so yeah, now right. it's like they don't need to do it anymore. They'll just sell out. Like Dave says, they'll up the prices for uh, premium live events. They'll start doing, you know, but you got a Raw, a SmackDown, NXT is supposed to start touring, by the way. I think this year NXT is supposed to start going back out like Black and Gold did. So they're supposed to start touring around and all that stuff, too, because the product's hot again. You pull out your C brand when your product's hot. Now that's going to even tour. So, like, you know, for to different places for their premium live events. And maybe they'll have more NXT premium live events. And they got a CW deal. So it's like, man, like, yeah, they're, they're just going to charge more for pay-per-views and stuff like that. And, you know, we got Raw every week, SmackDown every week, NXT every week. We, have a, we do have a lot already. And you have a premium live event every month. So 
it's not like they're going to go away. You can still get tickets, no. but yeah, it's going to be harder to get tickets. And in the grand scheme of thing, like I don't know, like I mean, how how shows were always good for young talent back in the day because there wasn't a lot of pay per view events and whatever. And like you could take a family, you know, you could take the family and the kids, or whatever. But like as fans of this age, I'm like, I don't really want to go to a house show, anyways. Like, right. you know, well, as a lifelong wrestling fan, like, I went to the December 30th uh, LA Forum house show. I took my two seven-year-olds. They got to see mm-hmm. wrestling for the first time. They loved it. Uh, th- I mean, the product's hot right now. They were sold out. Just as much people we saw there for Full Gear was there right. for this house show. Oh, and really? it, there's a distinct difference, like, in the... Well, I mean, the brands are different, but, I mean, like, even watching this this was totally a house show every face got on the mic after his match i just want to thank you guys oh. for coming out like it was all and i just remembered like, well, you know, interaction. I, and in my mind i thought like we you know because i the rumor had been leaked for a couple months now that they're gonna extend house shows i was like we don't need this anymore like i mean don't get me wrong like it's cool that they got to come in like sort of our area and my kids got to see it but because i wouldn't take them on a monday night because it's school night to see raw or anything like right. that um Maybe if they came in my area for a SmackDown on Friday, I would. But um, so it was cool. Like I would, I do miss that. But I mean, like it, overall, I was like, this is all vanilla. All the endings were safe. All the matches were super. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't like super quick, but they weren't long either. Like it wasn't like there was. You could tell they did their basic spots, and the right person won. And there we go. Like it was just sort of okay. Like we don't need this. As cool as it is to see the business doing so well. That they put, you know, 13,000 people in the forum for a fucking house show, which is right. amazing that they're back to that level. I'm still like, well, I mean, what do we, why do we need this? Like any of this, like even the sure opening enough. match was, was uh, LA Knight against uh, uh, Jimmy Uso in a cage. And I'm like, first of all, you're opening up in a cage and the match wow. was like six minutes long, seven minutes long. I mean, it wasn't that long. It was just basically boom, spot, boom, boom, you know, uh, uh, you know, Ellie's down, gets beat up for a while, gets a crowd to clap and cheer for him, and then he comes back, hits his move. There you go. It was a, it was a little different. They did some false finishes or whatever, but like you can tell, they've worked that into house shows. Like the Triple H and Shawn Michaels effect is in full effect uh, in matches now. But like I was just like, this is all completely vanilla. Like you know, like house show. We don't need it anymore per se. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> shifting gears out of. WWE, uh, we, we we got someone that's normal on this podcast week. You couldn't make it this week. That wouldn't stop talking about the fact that MJF is now off the roster, um, been totally pulled uh, since he's lost the title to Samoa Joe. Um, sure. uh, I, I I I know I know what it is. I have no problem saying what it is. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Well, I think we said it last week too. Joe actually said it. He's like MJF can't do half the shit that. Like he gets away with on AEW, he can't do that on WWF programming. So yeah. they, you know, listen, he's talented enough to make it in the WWE. I'm not suggesting that, but when you go <clears> into that big pool of all those big names, like even the Drew McIntyres and the you know LA Knights and all that stuff, like you know MJF would be just as big as them, which is not bad to be. But I don't know I, if uh, MJF's going to be it, I, WrestleMania anytime soon. I called it. I called it self castration. Is what I called it. Yeah, he's going to stay. They took it off to give the illusion. Adam Cole, uh, when he did his little promo, is why he turned or whatever on Dynamite right. this week. 
um, was like, he's never coming back. I'm like, they wouldn't say that if they yeah. if they if he left, right. they wouldn't even bring him up anymore. They bring him up once at the beginning of the promo and then move on. They wouldn't keep bringing up MJF. He's going to be back. He's healing his injuries. He'll be back in February sometime or March. And then, you know, to a right. massive pop, he'll be more over than he ever was before. And, you know, I think that uh, that's the right thing to do with MJ or MJF right now. Samoa Joe's champion, which is fucking he's, awesome. Oh, yeah, I love Samoa that. I, I love that. I love that, too. Mm-hmm. But he, but he's just, he, he's taking a well-deserved break. He has carried that place on his back for, what, over a year? Um, yeah, they need to see what they can do without him, too. They need to figure it out. Um, there's so many things that we could talk about. I don't want to say that are broken, but we had we had an episode on how to fix AEW a few, a few months back. Well, it's just it's been clouded with injuries and the Punk experiment 100%. failed, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of the storylines were going to intertwine with Punk. And when Punk left, it was like okay, like now we don't know what the fuck to do. And then the Adam Cole storyline was the hot storyline, and then Adam Cole gets injured because he jumped off the fucking ramp and broke his ankle. And it's like, what? wow, like everything was like snake bitten like from the beginning. So now they can't even pay off the big storyline, which I still think they did fine. To me, there was nobody else that should have been the devil but Adam Cole. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I said that from about the beginning, me. there's no other reason. Sometimes the most obvious storyline is the right one to do. Like, and they no, did the right one. It's just not healthy. Sometimes you just have to give us what makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes total sense. I love Adam Cole as a heel. I love MJF has proven that he's such a great face, MJF. Now, to me, I'm like, that pop when he comes back and tries to get Adam, and Adam's protected by all of his little soldiers now, I love that they put Wardlow in the group because they fucked Wardlow up so bad. Like, at least he's getting something. I love that he's got, like, a... They call it his group name now. is called the Undisputed Kingdom. And uh, I... So at first, Roderick Strong bothered the shit out of me when he was doing the net gimmick or whatever, but then he got funnier and funnier, and I forgot how good Roderick Strong is when he's healthy, and he's healthy and cleared now, and he wrestled not this past week, but the week before he wrestled on Dynamite. God damn, that guy is still really good. So to me, I'm like, they're good friends anyway, and they were in NXT together, so I was like, they're going to be great, and like, I'm looking forward to his faction. I love it. I love what they're doing with Wardlow. I can can see how you can forget about him, but that, that dude's... Yeah, on point. His his, can, his fucking go. mustache is beautiful and lovely, and he's such a dick. And like with his with his little fucking neck brace, where he still gets wheeled down to the ring on a wheelchair, and then he gets up and fucking wrestles, and then he gets back in. He's like, ah, and he goes back. It's the best. Like yeah. they're just doing simple <laughs> stuff. Like they're not overcomplicating it. I think once you get this down, when I feel like the regime in AEW has changed, I feel. There's mixed reviews on the World's End pay per view. Everybody <laughs> says the marquee matches paid off and did really well, but the undercard kind of was blah. Um, but that's fine. Like you have timeless Tony Storm. She is amazing, and everything she does is worth watching. Um, the MJF Adam Cole now is. Let's see how good Adam Cole is. He was good before with the whole tag team with MJF or whatever. Like it just shows how good Adam Cole is. He's just been mm-hmm. hampered with injuries and other things, like in his whole stay. And and um, <clears throat> the way Tony Khan pulled Adam Cole from uh, WWE because he didn't want Adam Cole to go to the main roster. He wanted Adam Cole in in, uh, AEW. So, and then injuries happen, blah, blah, blah. But now I feel that Tony Khan can actually use Adam Cole the way he was. And if you have people on the top now, it really seems like with Omega being out, I'm sure Omega still does his, you know, whatever duties he does backstage. And with the the, uh, Young Bucks off the air, they're not wrestling all that much. I feel like there's a change. Like there's something different going on. You have Brian Danielson, who's a little bit more vocal backstage and helping them out with their storylines and their match flow. You have uh, Adam Cole, who is great, like, you know, and so Tony needs to listen to them. Listen, 
they were the next group. I mean, there's a reason why Adam Cole was so favored by Shawn Michaels in NXT. There's a oh, reason yeah. why. Because they have the next voice, the future voice of pro wrestling. So let, let's let let them do this. Brian and maybe, good. And maybe, maybe listen a little less to Jericho, apparently. Um, well, Jericho and, and I'm not, you know, maybe maybe Adam Page and um, uh, Omega and the Young Bucks are still just as vocal backstage, but I don't feel it. And I don't well, want to feel it. I was referring like, to his I issues, want, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I want I want that locker room to get healthy because we deserve it as fans. The industry needs it to keep a second promotion healthy. Yeah. I feel this year is going to be super optimistic. Hopefully, he's going to land a good TV deal with a goddamn streaming option, and then uh, that way people won't get mad if the wor- at World's End pay per views aren't great. It's well, I only paid nine dollars for it because I get the fucking service rather than people paying fifty fucking dollars and then getting half a good you know getting a nineteen ninety one card where. You know, half the matches sucked except for the marquee ones. You know what I mean? It's right. like you know, that's what we used that's to suffer point, when we were kids. I'm less likely to be pissed if if I did, if I feel like I almost didn't pay for the pay per view at all. Even though most of their pay per views do hit home runs, to be fair yeah. to them, no, no. when they have a stinker, it, it echoes louder. When they have one stinker, it's like whoa, you know. Well, it's also it. it's not even that uh, I feel like it's not even that they're that they're stinkers or that they're like whatever. It's just that most of their product is so good. Same with WWE. Most of their product is so good that when you do have matches that, you know, they're not 1995, they're not 1995 matches, but they're, they're, they're like, they're 2023 matches, but they're like, there's a six or seven. Well, a a six out of 10 in 2023 beats, Everything that 1995 had to make, but we're spoiled a little bit, and so we get we get we're like, oh well, that was, you know, I think I think I think SummerSlam was that way. It was like, ah, SummerSlam was okay, and then I was like, no, it's actually really good. Like it just. I even looked at cuts afterwards. I'm like, I'm like, if this is a bad pay per view for us or an okay pay per view, yeah, right. We're in heaven. Like we're in absolute heaven right now. This is amazing. Like, hey, uh, Craig, you you said something about before we recorded that uh, you saw Tomas Riddle and. uh, Mr. Zig, Mr. Ziggy Zig, and uh, going for Wrestle Kingdom. Is that what you said? Yeah, there's a bunch of guys. That their non-competes ended um, recently. Hey. And so with Wrestle, uh, Wrestle Kingdom, uh, just a couple days ago, saw Nick Nemeth, a.k.a. Dolph Ziggler, have a program with Dave Finley uh, there at the arena. And then the next day, Matt Riddle appeared on video and I think challenged uh, Tanahashi, the new president of... New Japan. So um, I'm loving that for New Japan, by the way, Greg. They they needed some new blood like that, and along with their they need to get an American presence again. When so we much. saw them in Long Beach, they had an yeah. American presence thanks to Omega, the Bucks, and Cody. And right. uh, now there's just no American influence anymore. But I want New Japan to come back out here because they're great and they're excellent and the product's good. So I would love for some American names like Dolph well, when, and when, a few when the Americans clash great. with their foundation, it's always great wrestling. It's fantastic yeah. wrestling. So yeah, I think there's a lot of. I think we're going to see the best of Dolph Ziggler. Hopefully, he has not passed uh, his prime. I think what 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 he can do. He's barely wrestling. Yeah, he's going to be awesome. He's he's probably. And then uh, we've uh, uh, Kaz has you know relentlessly sent us links of uh, all Japan probably doing a deal with WWE at some point, which is cool. We could we be seeing a B pay per view in Japan this year? Maybe. Like so. That'd be cool. You know. Let's do it. I'm all fucking for it. Not, so I, not every venue good. is announced. The only venues that have been announced past a few months are the international ones, and I think there could be more. Right. As we talked about, it, you know, man, man, like it, in the early '90s, WCW, and even the late '80s, WCW was always game to get 
New Japan involved, and I loved it as a as a yeah. young yeah, guy. It was good stuff. Like we, you know, Vince was always such a bubble. He just his promotion is the only one that ever existed, and it's the only one that matters, and that's fine. But like we always liked WCW for as imperfect as it was. I was like, oh, we get to see Muda, we get to see Chono, we get to see you know like a bunch of other like stars come over here, uh, uh, Liger and all that stuff, and we got to see all that shit, and because of that relationship, because one promotion or two, they care now. And AEW is kind of taking that place of like, oh, they do a pay-per-view once a year called the Forbidden Door. Like, wh- whatever right. you feel about the phrase is irrelevant. Like, it's just that we – WCW used to do that all the time. It was always the WCW Super Japan show. That, you know, they do it every almost every year. Like, you would see, like, awesome stuff. They go to the Tokyo Dome and do, like, a whole, like, couple shows there. And it's like, man, Steiners used to try to murder people. Like when they would go over there, it was, it was okay to mur- it was okay to murder. Like basically, Scott Steiner's like, I'm just gonna go and I'm gonna do a, a corkscrew pile driver on everybody I see. Like, <laughs> and we got to see different. Like Sting was different. He had a more like hardcore wrestling style to himself because they had to be stiffer because the New Japan athletes challenged them. And you know, it was like a competition. It was like, oh, you Americans are soft and you're all show. And they're like, no, we'll show you. Like, and it, we loved it. Like we loved it growing up. Yeah. So, nice so they could do. Too. Let's do all of it. Let's just. Let's just. I'll put everything. I, mean, I, I feel like every week we say, it, man, but it's a. It's a great time for wrestling. Great time for wrestling. Wrestling. As Craig says, see you at the matches. You know. <laughs> I guess not anymore. Maybe if uh, they're cutting all house shows, I guess I won't see you at the matches. <laughs> see, see you at the PLE. Yeah. See you on on this, on Twitter. I guess. See you on the edge when, uh, I, when, oh, I have, I mean, when I have five hundred dollars to buy a ticket. We're talking about the Rock on uh, Raw. The Raw, Raw was subtitled Day One because they used, for a couple of years they did the Day One pay per view on January first or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then now they stopped doing that, which I kind of like it because it was always two pay per view. Was that in the Rumble and two pay per views or even premium live events in one year is a lot. So I like that they theme titled because like. You know, when WWE does it, it's fine to do. But, like, when AEW would do a special dynamite called, you know, Winter's Coming or Fight or whatever, they would be like, fucking tricks, all your tricks to get bigger ratings. I'm like, no, like, WCW did that all the time. It was called Clash of the Champions. And WCW did it. Well, they originally did it to fight against WrestleMania. But, like, WCW did it because they didn't have pay-per-views once a month. And Vince relied heavily on the main event and Saturday night's main event because they didn't have pay-per-views once a month. But once both companies got to the stage where every fucking month was pay-per-view, they dropped Clash of the Champions, they dropped Saturday night's main event. Like, it's just because AEW doesn't do a pay-per-view every month, they do it four or five times a year, they're looking like they're heading towards once a month. I don't mind them theming a Dynamite or a Dynamite and a Rampage or whatever. Yeah, like, I liked Day One Raw. It was a better Raw because three hours is too long. But, I mean, the networks are giving them tons of money and the ratings are up and they're selling out. So what's the problem here? So it's like they're going to stay three hours. They're never going to go down to two, especially with the ad revenue and, like, the, the deal being so good and all their production costs yeah, are covered. Better. So it's like, yeah, we'll do three hours for you. So I like the fact that they will theme. You know, they should do Monday Night Raw, King of the Ring. They should do, you know what I mean? Like, they should do all that shit. Like, I love it. I love it. But it's okay if WWE does it. If anybody else does it, it's bullshit. It's, 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 it's so stupid. I'm like, what's this? Oh, you know what we didn't talk about is um, Kevin Dunn. His last day of the company was oh. Uh, oh, yeah. January 1st. End of, the, end of an era. That's the guy that's been around for 35 years. Vince's right-hand man. Nothing got done without him. Every single decision on production. Or I know that a lot of people are happy that the cuts have gone away. And they've, you know, the camera angle changes, the rapid-fire camera angle changes. They used to drive people crazy. But if we want to talk on the more positive angle, 
think about all the legendary moments that he probably helped produce. Vince's close-up coming up from the ring at WrestleMania 19 when he looked like oh the devil. Uh, like, Hogan and Rock stare off. That The way the camera angle shot them looking back and forth and how perfect that was. You know, look, he bothered me too. But there's a reason why he worked for Vince for 100 years. And it's because yeah. that he knew how to produce big moments. He's a good TV producer. Don't, uh, don't forget yeah, the know. MGF glasses with Roman right in them. Don't forget that angle. That was pretty That was recent. That was pretty cool. With MGF, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, uh, LA Knight. Yeah, yeah, LA yeah. Knight, sorry. Oh, LA Knight. You know, and so just clips, just like video packages and yeah, putting out, you know, amazing packages, making you care about a match you had no right to care about. You know, like, <laughs> right. Be very just Nikolai Volkov and like they could produce a package that would make you like, dude, I can't fucking wait to watch that match. Well, no, right. and not even that, like if you knew nothing about the, the storyline, just watch the package and you'll be fine. Yeah. The, gu- the guardrail changes at ringside, the lighting, the settings and stages every year and the evolution of those. The pay- like it's yeah. all, it all fell under Kevin Dunn, probably. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's crazy to think that, you know, people. It, well, it just shows that most of the people that bitch, they don't really know a lot about wrestling, even though they like to watch it every week. Like we, I've said it a million times. As we became adults, we had to find different reasons to still watch wrestling. So we gravitate to the behind-the-scenes shit. Craig's always been a production guy. He loves camera angles. Oh, did you see that shot? And it's just there's different things that keep us involved now because the storylines are soap opera storylines. I get it, you know. But like, there's other cool things that we want to latch onto. Yes, the quick cuts drove me insane. Yes, the camera shaking. My God, my God. Like it made me. I can't count how many times I turned the fucking show off because i couldn't do it anymore like yeah. i was just irritated because the product was bland at the time and then when the camera shakes a fucking million times when someone just is right handing somebody in the corner i'm like and i'm changing the channel like i don't care i'll watch anything else besides this crap like it, i'm getting mad just reliving that but like how do they not, how do they like, not get away with uh not posting seizure warnings before each show with those kind of movements that's yeah. what vince wanted you know so vince probably kept pushing him that way and he's like yeah damn it yeah like you just, it, they liked it. It was what they. That looks real. Well, there was a I mean, there was a period where like that you could get down on a, like on a video game, right? Like your controller shook okay, when right, certain yeah. things happened, whatever. And it was just like it was naturally that they're like, yeah, we're gonna try. I mean, the WWF or you know WWE, if anything, was Vince was will, always willing to try something new, even if it sure. sucked. Uh, you know, yeah. he's like, yeah, let's try it. Let's see what. And especially uh, if it sucked, he's like, let's do it more now because he knows well, that. You well, because oh yeah, he wants to. He wants to force it. At, but <laughs> that's only think- nothing. But you you only get to a good idea with a bunch of bad ideas first, you know. So I get what you're saying, Joe. But to Justin's point, he would he would run something into the ground even if it was the most horrible thing ever. And apparently, the story goes, I think it was Kevin Dunn's dad um, worked for Vince back in the Titan Sports days. And he was traveling with the videotape library to Baltimore and his car caught fire or the, the whatever truck they were in. And he, he, he took all the, the, the tapes out himself and saved them from a car fire. And Vince McMahon said the Dunn family will like always have a job. Like he literally Vince would have been out of business by losing his library in a car fire. And Dunn's dad is the one that like, like saved the whole thing. So that started like, and then Kevin started as like a producer and WrestleMania two or something. So that's how fucking long Kevin Dunn has been next to Vince McMahon in the evolution. I can't, I can't think of anybody who's been around longer. I mean, yes. the closest person is uh, uh, Brother Love probably was the closest thing to it. And he, he got axed in between yeah. and came back. So it'd be interesting to, to see how it evolves without him and whether we see some big mistakes or shots missed big, or something. I, you know, it, also, if there's another thing that Triple H did when he first took over. He gradually changed the product, like booking-wise. And then now it's where it is now. Um, 
I did notice changes right away. Like I, it just first of all, there's less shaky, and thank God, and there's less camera angles, and thank God, less like cuts. Like, I hate, I hated the cuts. You know, it was yeah, like, like um, d- the day one raw, like it, the vignettes were shot differently. Like a lot of it was shot different. They, they were paying homage, like the whole setup for the Nia Jackson and, and Becky Lynch. They played from years ago when Becky got her nose broken from Nia in that scrap that kind of formed the man and created Becky Lynch's character. They played that, and they haven't – like, Vince was never big on going – I don't want to go back that far. Right. Well, he would go back, go back to, to we'll go back yesterday. What happened yesterday? We'll play that. And though, But Triple H is like, let's go back in five years ago. Why not? Like, let's say that's why they're so mad at each other because that makes goddamn sense. And most wrestling fans are were obsessed about storyline and – the way they the storyline continues and everything yeah. makes sense and the continuity and all that stuff. So I he love pulled, it. And stuff already you man, see it. Becky. Yeah, he pulled and and by the way, Nia still won that match and I'm really excited about that. It was awesome. Push, they got Vader. they got they got push plans her. for Nia Jax. Telling push you. her like Vader. Push her like you know what yeah. I mean? Like she's a monster. Let her push, yeah. push her. Damn it. Like have her like great. make that her gimmick. She goes out to, and hurts people. You know, if like, Vader didn't somehow break the nose of his opponent or bloody their lip, I was disappointed. Like in a Vader yeah. match, I'm like, oh, okay, like yeah. what are we doing here? You're not gonna. If I didn't think he broke Sting's back, yeah, oh my God, like, I didn't want to watch a match. He would choke yeah. slam Sting, and Sting's knees would fold over his head. Yeah. Like, and I was like, Sting's dead. And he Sting would, would get up, forearm and the shit out of yeah. people's like fucking crazy. Face. It, 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 I think if, everything Vader, he did to make Foley hurt. If Vader ever let up, I think people would would notice it right away. Be like, this is bullshit. Like. There's, there, he like, can't. like his entire WWF run, basically. Yes. <laughs> even uh, you want you go you go back and watch the Starcade '93 match with Flair, and, and he's screaming at Flair. He's like, "You hit me!" Hey, hit me. Like, he would take his mask off. He'd be like, "Like his face is red or whatever." I'm like, "Jeez, hit the man!" Hit him. Like I'm yelling at him. I'm like, "Hit Vader! He wants to be." I just do it. Hit him. Anybody knows who? Like, if I hit him, he's gonna fucking hit me back so hard. Like everybody just knows yeah. it's coming. Like it's the right. best. Like we should, you should go back and watch our, our Vader episode. You know, if you're watching this, it's uh, we 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 uh, he's a goddamn treasure. We love Vader. We love him. <laughs> he was a little. He took liberties. It's fine. Everybody's no, fine. I I disagree. I think people are like you're a big dude. You gotta like you gotta swing it. Like most people are like, okay, just you do what you gotta do. You know, um. Some people probably didn't like it, but they knew. It's like Andre. Like Joe think- Thurman was like, um, no. I don't I like this. To My bad. I don't like, like this. <laughs> That's how he says it, too. But I, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't like any of this. No, it's not. It's like a Vader documentary. Everybody's talking good, and then it just cuts to Joe Thurman. He's like, I, I, I was not a fan of anything that we engaged in. I didn't like <laughs> it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like macho wrestling Andre all the time and stepping on his hair. And, you know, just hated it. Oh. Just hated it. No baby oil. Huh? No baby oil. Ever. If you piss Andre off, he's like, oh. Like, you knew it when you were getting the shit beat out of you. He stuck Get out of here. What did I do to make you mad? He's like, you know what you did? Like, it's just fuck you. As good as a worker as Austin was, like, I mean, even in from his own mouth, he's like, he's like, I was throwing potatoes. Like, I was just punching people in the head, you know? Like, people were like, oh, Terry Funk had the right, the best right hand ever. And it's like, because he actually punched you in the face. Yeah. yeah. I think it was Foley that said that. He's like, a lot of people, he would always get compliments from new students going like, man, your right hand looks good. And Foley would always cut in. He's like, you want to know why? Because he really hits you in the face. Like, and then Funk <laughs> would just smile. Funk would just smile. And Austin used to throw potatoes too. I guess yeah. Austin, like, used to do it all the time. And people would be like, Austin punched me so fucking hard one time. Like, he just, he does like three perfect ones and then like and Austin's like, sorry, kid. Like under his breath or whatever. And he's hey, like, gotcha. man. Like, gotcha. Gotcha. On that gotcha one. Daisy. 
which is funny. Like who, who gets, who gets kind of talk shit on, you know, like, like obviously the Steiners were mean, mean, yeah, terrible, terrible, people, terrible. but, uh, you know, and obviously, you know, Bret Hart, you know, British Bulldogs uh, were awful. Yeah. Is, did his best to, but like, you know, war, like warrior, did he take any more liberties than, than, uh, than Vader or the Steiners? Yeah, probably not, but he got, but nobody liked him either. So I think it was a sloppy it. worker. Like Vader, right. Vader would take, if, if you're like, can I back suplex you off the top rope? Vader's like, and I encourage it. Like, it's just Vader, I think wanted to take it. Like Vader would do crazy like, shit. If like you get me up there, son, go ahead. Yeah. Sting would fucking <laughs> German suplex the fucking guy and Vader would land on his neck and he's like, yeah, like he just liked it. Like, well, how, but, yeah. how, how you're just Vader allowed to do that? If he's wrestling like no yeah. names, he's got to dominate them. But if he's in a big match, he could finally take bumps. He's like, this is fun. That's good I know, point. That weird, like, right? You know, Vader was a guy who was like, he's like, like oh, Warrior just stop. couldn't work. Warrior didn't care. He was like, I don't give a shit. Where Warrior was like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you and you can't touch yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, he never yeah. he never wanted to take a bump. That's the difference. That's really the difference. good point. Yeah. So anyway, Nijak should be pushed harder. That's all. Yes. That's something. And that's what we're doing. We need a huge villain in the women's division. And uh, she's it uh, with uh, with with Charlotte out. It's it's just the way you need to go. It's got a lot of talent right now, the women's division, especially with damage control and everything. There's a lot of young. I was watching. They did a, a Christmas picture with all the raw roster of the women wrestlers, and I was like, yeah. "God, they're so young." Oh, like, but Rhea, Rhea, Rhea needs a well, giant. Well, I'm not they're not that young, right? Like that's uh... that's not what I meant. <laughs> Um, they, uh, uh, no, Rhea does. I, if you get Nia ready, like which I think that's what they're doing. But see, right. Rhea's a heel. I don't know. Like I, I, I kind of like Rhea's that. heel, I mean, but I mean. You, I don't think you're afraid. I think you have like Rhea's someone that you can put in there with the heel. So I would I would watch Rhea and Nia. And I think when Nia redebuted, she attacked Rhea. So I think right. that maybe we need to pay off man. In this weird uh position where she's a heel, but she also gets fucking cheered. Yeah. You know, like I mean she's extremely like she's extremely popular. She's the most popular woman in like in, in her division for sure. Um right. but you know, she's a heel. So like so maybe give her somebody to like well, when you, when you look on that side of the women's yeah. division, because the other side's you know totally equipped with storyline, you got Bianca over, you got everything else, and so you got Kabuki Warriors, you got everything happening. But with Charlotte going out, I, I think the storyline got a little wrecked, and they have to kind of fix that and make up for it. On Rhea's side, she she wrestled someone on Raw that was a, that was an NXT up and comer that honestly I I didn't really know about. I mean, she was great. She still made some mistakes. You can tell it was a little bit off, um, but you can tell that that Rhea is. Is has kind of gone through everybody that she can that's not injured right now on that side of the on that side of the brand, yeah. and Naya is exactly what's needed over there right now. And I think that build could be awesome. It could be really I great. We're gonna do something with her like them a few months ago, didn't she? Wasn't that part of the storyline? Like, or you know, like whether it was a, a work or a shoot, you know, whatever. It's like she she hurt Rhea in real life and blah blah blah. And there was everybody yeah, was, and she she like, didn't that, yeah. To your like, point, yeah. Continue. She, she really, yeah, she, yeah. Of course, with the um, with the with the, the the splash or whatever you want to call. It. I don't know what I don't even know what the move is called. It's basically the Yokozuna, you know. Yeah, but the, to, to just this point, do you turn her into a monster? You turn her into this like uncontrollable oh, yeah. like. Is it is she is is it is it actually in the storyline or is she actually hurting somebody? I'm like kind and of she like, she beat it. Becky pretty pretty harshly and they even had the whole blood coming out of her nose and mouth again. Like all I'm sure it was like, it felt like a blood capsule to me it didn't seem real like the, how the blood was coming out of her mouth, but like it was definitely trying to make her look 
like she's volatile, like just brutal. And I, I loved it. I'm like, oh, Becky lost. It was the best. It was about. I that. will take Naya up against uh, Rhea or Bianca because Bianca, I think, yeah. the handler and the finishing move of either one of them is going to be them lifting up Naya into their finisher. Like that's basically yeah. going to be. So that's yeah. Just keep keep going. Everybody keep. I, going. I think those are the only two that so. could do it. By the way, I can get Naya into their particular finisher and get them over. Not really. I don't know how this do it. Jump into her finisher and just. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> that's where we ended, right? That's. Oh, uh, no. Greg, do your famous tagline to sign this out. We'll see you at the matches. <laughs> <laughs> see you later. And.